operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. Relation Podcast. As always, I'm Rock. By my side, the Lee Majors. To my fair faucet, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, my friend? I am doing. I'm doing very well. <laughs> I like these flattering, uh, these flattering choices. Yeah, I thought you would. <laughs> As always, uh, you all can check us out. At our website, comicbookrevolution.com, for the latest in reviews, news, commentary, and whatever. Uh, Kevin, always posting things. I believe this week, Kevin has given us, um, he's given us, uh, well, I did a review for Wolverine number one. Mm -hmm. Kevin did a review for Batman 89. Mm -hmm. And he also did a couple of articles, one for uh, Marvel Comics May 2020 solicitation analysis. And uh, he'll probably do the DC one fairly soon oh wait no he did that one as well there oh, it is there he snuck go. it in on me <laughs> all right you can also check us out on facebook the comic revolution facebook page you can check us out on twitter at cb revolution mm-hmm. you can check me out on twitter at rock 2k's revolution and steven yes that would be at at president glover for me. <laughs> All right, my friend. You know, look, uh, as always, Stephen, normally we do a podcast covering the latest uh, of news across the world of geekdom. And mm. then we also do a podcast covering a, a smattering of issues from Marvel and DC. Yep. Well, this week, you know, we, 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 our Slack channel has been full of various articles ranging from Disney to Warner Brothers, DC, Marvel, even James Bond. That's right. Stephen threw a few up there for James Bond. But then the news broke, Stephen. Yeah. On Friday, internet snapped in half. Dan Didio, ding dong, the wicked witch is dead, <laughs> has been terminated with ruthless prejudice by DC. Yes. Slash Warner Brothers, slash AT&T. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, and the internet just went insane, and that completely changed today's podcast, Even We were only, yeah. you, you, I, I think I sent you, you sent me, I don't know who sent who first, it was I think it was me. Maybe it was you first to yeah. me, and we were just like, okay, well, uh, throw out the plans for the podcast because you know we're doing a, a last-minute scramble and mm-hmm. uh, covering the latest about Dan Didio being fired. Stephen, this is big, big news. This really legitimately cannot be understated how big this is. This mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah. I would say this is even far larger than when Marvel fired Axel Alonso. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I know. I understand they both had similar positions. Dan Didio had more power, though. He wasn't just the Mm editor-in-chief. So, uh, and he'd been there much, much, much longer. Much longer than Axel Alonso had been at Marvel. Yeah. This is a far, far bigger deal. This is literally the end of an era. Yes, absolutely. I mean, this this is huge. And this is something that fans had been... You know, boy, uh, Stephen, <laughs> gosh, I remember as long ago as Identity Crisis. Yep. 
people calling for Dan Didio to be fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I don't think he made any friends uh, when he greenlit the story that had uh, Dr. Light raping uh, uh, Sue, Sue Dibney, Dibney yep. right? Mm-hmm. And then had uh, also the same story that had uh, uh, Gene Loring flambang. Sue Dibney. Yeah. Sue really didn't come out well in that story, did she? <laughs> no, I would say not. <laughs> he took a bit of a beating in that one. But, Stephen, that was a long time ago. And there were a lot of people, Stephen, mm-hmm. after identity crisis, based on how Gene Loring was treated and how mm-hmm. uh, Sue Dibney was treated, how Ralph Dibney was treated, how Ray Palmer was treated. Uh, there, there was some serious fan outcry about Dan Didio and wanting him out at that point. Yep. So this is not something new. This is not something that came along with the New 52. Uh, There were a lot of people, myself included, that wanted him fired after the New 52 because it was just such a dumb move and we all saw it coming from a mile away. Yeah. Uh, But this goes well before the New 52. Yeah, and this I think this goes before Identity Crisis because if I read correctly, he and Paul Levitz and Karen Berger did not get along. And there was some controversy there no. as well. No, no, no. They did not get along in the least bit, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, before we tackle Dan Didio, I sure. wanted to preface it with just a, a quick look, very brief look at the sales charts to set the stage for where DC is. It's really right. what I'm looking at. We're mm-hmm. not going to be examining full tilt every single title out there. It's pretty much the same. The January sales chart pretty much tracks the same as December. You go back to our podcast, listen to December. Sure. Sales chart, podcast, it's roughly the same. <laughs> commentary on the various titles. Okay, it okay. hasn't changed much. Right. Once we look at that, I also wanted to take a quick look at how uh, Birds of Prey did. Mm-hmm. I think we can pretty much put a bow on that movie. I don't think it's going to move, do much more in the theater. I mean, probably not. It's been out long enough, and yeah. it's been pulled from theaters pretty. It's it's, it's dwindling in how many theaters are being shown. In. Right. Okay. So we take a quick <laughs> look at that, and that kind of sets the stage for. A quick corporate overview of DC as it stands right now, and mm-hmm. then lead us into Dan Didio. Talk about right. Dan Didio's legacy, plus, minus, and then go to where does DC go from here? Mm-hmm. Who do they put in to take Didio's place? Right. All right. Uh, let's start off, Stephen. Just real fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the sales chart, Stephen. January of 2020 was not good for DC, much worse than December mm-hmm. 2019. It really was. Yeah. For the uh, battle for the top 10, Stephen, DC at least got the number one spot with (laughs) Wonder Woman 750 selling a very large uh, number, Stephen. Mm -hmm. That's pretty impressive because Wonder Woman is normally selling in the 30K range. Mm -hmm. Well, number 750 sold 167,377 units. That's no joke. It also shows that DC could be doing better with Wonder Woman. Yeah. Okay. There is readership there. Mm Mm-hmm. I would say so. <laughs> I don't know if it's creative team. I don't know if it's the direction, how they handle the character. You know, that's a topic for another podcast. Sure. Okay. But it's obvious that there are people who are interested in the character, mm-hmm. but aren't buying her a comic on a regular basis for whatever reason it is. Right. Okay. So there's there. Well, Steven, uh, <laughs> after that, after the number one spot, Steven, yeah. it was all downhill for DC. Oh, it was just nasty. Marvel took eight of the top 10 spots, Stephen. Eight. Yeah. DC took two. Oh, what was the other title in the top 10? Batman. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, Batman number 86. 
<laughs> Batman number 86. But Steven, 8 out of 10 Marvel took. That's brutal. Mm-hmm. Okay. You go to the top 25, Steven. Not much better. Yeah. Marvel placed 19. 19 titles in the top 25. DC placed just six. six. And of those six titles, Steven, one was a War Woman title. The other five? Batman. Batman. Mm-hmm. The Batman franchise. Right. On the other hand, you look at Marvel, their top 25, Stephen, extremely, extremely diverse. You had mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy. You had Spider-Man. You had X-Men. You had Thor. You, you had Star Wars. You had uh, all sorts of different franchises in the top 25. They did mm-hmm. not rely just on one franchise. It was very diverse. Much more diverse than normal. For, normally, you'll see oh, them rely sure. a lot on X-Men Spider-Man, and Spider-Man. Yeah. This month, it was pretty diverse. Hmm. That's just not good, Stephen. That top twenty-five. That is that is DC can't have that happening. Yeah, they just they just can't have that happening. Okay, mm. and the top fifty was not much better. Marvel thirty-five in the top fifty with DC placing twelve, Image placing one. It just it's that's no good. That's that is not acceptable, and and we're not expecting uh, DC to pummel Marvel in the in the sales charts. I mean, DC. Look, hasn't pummeled Marvel in the sales chart. I don't know. I don't know if they've ever done it in my lifetime. Okay? <laughs> and they don't have to. Yeah. They don't have to. They just can't get, you know, they, they can't be Deontay Wilder to uh, Marvel's uh, 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 Fury. Yep. Tough, I watched that fight last night, Stephen. It was, it was about as brutal as this sales chart. Yeah. <laughs> Tyson Fury just kicked his ass. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, it, it, you look at it overall, Stephen... I mean, you look at overall, it's not that Marvel does publish more titles, and they did mm-hmm. put out more titles in, in the month of January, but it wasn't an obscene amount more. Right. Marvel put out 109, DC put out 96. So it's not yeah. like, you know, the next, the third most, uh, uh, the third uh, publisher was Image at just 27. Yeah. So oh, you know, people always, and yes, Marvel does publish more than DC. That is true, but it's not like DC's publishing what, you know, Image at 27, IDW at 17, Boom at 15, Dynamite at 13. No, DC's put 96 titles. Yeah. It, it, it's not that much of a difference. No. Okay. And what did that get them? <laughs> Steven, the unit share for the top 300, Marvel mm. had 51.84%, DC 32.85. It can't be that lopsided. You know, it just can't be. The share of the, uh, the dollar share of the top 300, Marvel 50.1%. Uh, 12%, DC 35.57%. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's just, ugh. You, you combine uh, the, the dollar share of the top 300 comics and top 300 trade paperbacks. Yeah. Marvel's still killing them 49.08% to DC's 32.93%. Mm. It's, it's too much. Yes. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's too much. And it's a very, that's a, that's a, well, I mean, we kind of took a break from looking at the shelves chart, so I'm not as sure. But that that's worse it than definitely December. was not no. like that. No. very recently. No. Even no, 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 no. It wasn't this pronounced. No, it wasn't this pronounced, and that's that's just that's not good news. No, okay. And I think that has AT and T concerned, and rightly so. 
Rightly mm-hmm. so. They have spent a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. And I, I, they bought more than just DC. I understand oh, that. Sure. But as we'll go into later when we talk about the present construction of DC, AT&T is carrying a lot of debt right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of debt. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, the landscape that they play in, uh, the competition, you, you just had Sprint and, and T-Mobile. They just got the green light to merge together. Mm-hmm. You got Verizon out there. It, 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 you got changing landscape, and mm-hmm. you've got uh, net neutrality. Uh, you know that uh, that that is uh, becoming an issue once again. It's popping up once again yeah. because uh, they're, they're it's being taken back to court because I think uh, there's a case of some uh, a fire uh, fire department trying to fight a fire, and Verizon throttled their their cell service so they couldn't get help in time, and that was not supposed to happen. Remember. Yeah. Remember when uh, the, 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 the legislature said, oh, no, 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 we don't need net neutrality laws, right? right? We don't need them because uh, there's, there's no reason for it. It, 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 it. They won't have this throttling issue. Yeah, they'll do right by us. Right, right. Mm. Okay. So get a, it's, <laughs> there's a lot going out there. And if there's a change in the administration, Stephen, after the election this year, then, you know, AT&T might be looking at a, a, a much different landscape. Yes. Okay. And they have mm. definitely taken on a lot of debt. Warner yeah. Brothers was not a cheap acquisition in the Ooh. least bit. And they were lucky they got it because yes. Trump was really intent on keeping them from buying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so you, you move from the sales chart, Stephen, to look – just to touch back on Birds of Prey, the Birds of Prey movie. Stephen, mm-hmm. as of now, you know, we are now what? Uh, you know, February, as of February 22, it's at $155 million worldwide. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Yep. That's terrible. the The budget for this is about eighty five million. General rule of thumb in Hollywood is you you need to double your budget to break even, right? Because you got you have marketing and advertising mm-hmm. and blah 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 blah. So they've not done that. No. And th- and that's even for a relatively cheap. Yes. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for, as far as blockbusters go, mm-hmm. relatively cheap. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. That's 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 terrible. Yeah. And here's AT&T with this newly purchased toy of theirs, Warner Brothers, and they're mm-hmm. going, what? Yeah. Meanwhile, Marvel could, uh, you know, it, we're not going to get into debate about the quality of Marvel movies. <laughs> there are some, I like some, some I don't. Sure. You know, but I think it's safe to say that Marvel is at the point where they could probably roll out poop on a stick, throw the Marvel Studios banner in front of it, and it'll probably do fairly well in the movie theater. Some could say that they already have. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they just—they have that luxury. Yeah, they have that luxury. It's—it's—it's it's, it's kind of like Pixar, right? Once you have earned the consumer's trust, mm-hmm. they are gonna turn out for your movies. Mm-hmm. They just are, and they're gonna be more forgiving if you stub your toe. You know, mm-hmm. Pixar kind of stubbed their toe. Brave was not very, very successful in the no, box office. The good dinosaur, I think. The good dinosaur is not. I think that was pretty bad as far as returns come. Yeah, that they, may be their only real like. That's their only real bomb. Because okay. even though Cars <laughs> Two and Cars Three were not beloved at all, they just still made money. Oh yeah, they still made money. Mm-hmm. Uh, good dinosaur did not make money. No. So, but but. But that's just one. It's not held against Pixar no. because mm-hmm. because of their goodwill and trust. The consumers have so much goodwill and trust with them. Yep. You know, and, and so, Brave still makes money because she's a right. Disney princess. Bingo! And believe me, trust me, I go to Disney World yeah. every year. She is at all the princess meet and greets everywhere there is. So they're making money on her and the princess meet and greets and the merchandise and the blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Right. So DC doesn't have that luxury though. They can't. They're not like Marvel Studios. No. 
And it's a little frustrating, and I think AT&T is rightly concerned mm-hmm. that it seems like this Warner Brothers slash DC just can't get out of their way when it comes to these movies. Mm-hmm. You know, they've had a lot of failures, well-documented failures, you know, Justice League and, and, and the Superman movies and, mm-hmm. and uh, Batman versus Superman. and right. it, it, it Just a lot of failures. And it seemed like they were turning the corner with Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. legit good movie and a f- box office success, mm-hmm. and Aquaman, mm-hmm. a legit fun movie. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say it's you know it's it's very sure. it was very Marvel Studios esque, but it was fun and yeah. it made and it made a ton of money. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then they roll out Joker, mm-hmm. which. Contrary to some people, it did not cause the end of the world, <laughs> and it made over a billion dollars. Yep. So I think people were beginning to go, hey, look, maybe Warner Brothers slash DC is getting it on, and then Birds of Prey comes out, and it just gags up a furball. Yeah. And it, it, that causes panic when a company like AT&T mm-hmm. has so much debt, yeah. and they're looking at the sales charts for DC. Those are not good. I would imagine DC Comics, they probably are in the red. Probably. It would not surprise me. Yeah. Okay. Would mm-hmm. not surprise me if they are in the red. And then you've got birds and birds of prey bombing like this on top of an already hit or miss history. Mm-hmm. And that's going to cause companies to reevaluate mm-hmm. what's going on. Right. And I think that kind of leads us into what happened to Dan Didio. And, you know, right now, as, as constituted, DC Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, before Dan Didio was was fired, right? He uh, let's see here. Hey, well, he'd been in that position for a good long time. Yeah. Um, before he was fired, Stephen, you did have um, what I'm I'm curious about is you had Jeff Johns mm-hmm. uh, was up in there as the uh. He was the, I think he was the head of DC Entertainment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that poor guy never got a chance. <laughs> he didn't. He 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 absolutely didn't. And yeah. unfortunately, you've had you've had some turnover in right. tw- in February 18, 2010, DC Entertainment named Jim Lee and Dan Didio the co-publishers of DC Comics. Right. Okay. Jeff Johns was the chief creative officer. Mm-hmm. John Rood, Executive Vice President of Sales, Marketing, and Business Development, and Patrick Colden as the Executive VP of Finance and Administration. Mm-hmm. They then folded their New York offices, moved everybody out to Burbank, California. Right. Then, in 20, May of 2016, you had, um, you had uh, Johns being promoted to DC president and chief creative officer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And he reported directly to DC Entertainment, Diane Nelson. Yes. All right. And then we had a pretty big shakeup. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. In June of 2018, Jeff Johns was moved out of his position as chief creative officer and mm-hmm. DC Entertainment president and assumed a writing and producing deal with DC and the WB companies. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Jim Lee added the chief creative officer title to his DC co-publisher position. Mm-hmm. And Diane Nelson was kicked to the curb. Well, she 
quote-unquote resigned, okay? Yeah, yeah that's, that's what you do when you've been told. You, you can either be fired or you can resign to spend more time with your family. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're doing the, the quote finger so hard, my fingers are starting to hurt. Right. <laughs> and so she, she was fired. That mm-hmm. position was not refilled. Right. That's important to note. Mm-hmm. The president of DC Entertainment was not filled. Instead, DC was was realigned and became part of the newly created Warner Brothers Global Brands and Experiences Division, overseen by President Pam Lifford. Right. That's important, I think, Stephen, mm-hmm. to set the stage because DC Entertainment, by not creating a president for it and putting it underneath another division, the Global Brands and Experiences Division, kind of shows to you that Warner Brothers was not high on DC as its own entity, doing its own thing. Right. Now, Stevens, AT&T, they they purchased Warner Brothers. And upon purchasing Warner Brothers, there there have been a lot of layoffs, Mm -hmm. starting with last year. Uh, you know they have they have laid off two hundred and forty comic employees. Warner Brothers has. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And in October of twenty nineteen, Randall Stevenson, who is the CEO of Warner Media, parent company AT and T, the man yeah. in charge, mm-hmm. the new man in charge, upon AT and T, you know, acquiring Warner, said that his company has no sacred cows among the assets of theirs that they would be reviewing over the next three years. Mm -hmm. Okay. He said that in the third quarter conference call with investors. Right. All right. What he said exactly was we're committed to an objective, diligent and disciplined process. We'll analyze the merits of each of our business individual businesses individually and as a part of the whole. But let me be clear. We have no sacred cows. That's the CEO of Mm AT&T. Okay. Well, not that's not odd. Disney Iger did the same thing when they yeah. purchased Fox. They, they, they out came the hatchet, mm-hmm. and tons of people were fired, yeah. and certain uh, divisions were shuttered completely. And that's just what happens. Okay, yep. it's what happens when you see, when you see a big acquisition like this. Mm-hmm. Okay, because they've outlaid so much debt, they need to recoup it. They need to cut the fat. What's not what's not you know profitable, and try to make that money back as soon as possible. Otherwise, the shareholders get pissed, and the CEO loses his job. Right. I mean, I don't know what to say. That's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> you can like it or not. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, and, and since AT&T has taken over DC, DC has appeared to, they're definitely scaling back. Yeah. They're definitely scaling back. And I think what you've got is, um, I think what you've got is, is there are, so, a lot of this has to do with Wall Street, to be honest with you, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, there's a hedge fund, Elliott Management, that has a $3.2 billion stake in AT&T. And that's a lot of money. Yes, it is. And evidently, they're <laughs> not that happy that AT&T stock is underperforming compared to the competition sure. in their industry. Mm-hmm. Okay? And hedge funds have more power than people think. Mm-hmm. Okay? So uh, we like to think it's just about the customer. Not really. Yeah. Um, so anyhow... Elliot issued uh, has issued a, a, a letter calling for AT&T to streamline its bureaucratic organization, remove redundant positions. That's what Disney did when they bought Fox. Mm-hmm. This is all regular, normal stuff. Sure. And consider outsourcing non-core functions, along with office centralization and other cost-cutting. He uh, Elliot sees ten billion dollars in potential annual savings that could expand AT&T's profit margins. So, 
Mm. Look, uh, AT&T added $85.4 billion of new debt, Stephen, when they acquired mm-hmm. Warner Media. That is a lot of money yep. for any company. Mm-hmm. Their debt as of August 2019, Stephen, stood at $164 billion. That's that's a that's a significant chunk of change, and you know, for the purposes of, of monetization, I think AT and T is is looking at Warner Media uh, as a, as a, a whole that's possibly greater than the sum of its various parts, mm-hmm. and it wants to make that money back. And the one way it can make that money back is by streamlining Warner Media, mm-hmm. by closing certain divisions, mm-hmm. by spinning off. Certain divisions mm-hmm. by uh, outright selling certain divisions, mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot of possibilities, and so I think what you see is, I mean, AT and T was the CEO of AT and T told us we're spending the next three years going through every piece of Warner Media mm-hmm. to see what we can cut, what's performing, what's not performing, and if it ain't, it's gone. Right. So. I think they finally got their time. They finally got around to DC, is what yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, Time Warner has a lot of assets, oh, so it was only a yeah. matter of time. Right, right, yeah. right. And I think they finally made their way around mm-hmm. to DC. And what they saw when they looked at the uh, comic sales numbers, when they looked at the, I guess the the TV shows, mm-hmm. the movies, the revenue, the cost, or whatever, they weren't happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that AT and T is probably looking over at Disney. Going, well, damn, why can't we have what they have with Marvel? Right. Which is a reasonable, that's a reasonable thought mm-hmm. for the parent company to have. Sure. The CEO of AT&T is not being unreasonable with that. No. So I, I know he'll be made out to be the villain. And look, I'm not, Lord forbid, I don't want to defend any CEO. <laughs> they're not the nicest of people. But no. I'm, but it is what it is. It's, it's, it's what his job is. Okay. Sure. So... Here we are, Stephen. I think that sets the stage for Dan Didio mm-hmm. getting fired. Yes. Okay. I would agree. Uh, and Didio himself, you know, it's interesting. We've got poor sales, poor sales numbers, and then you know, Dan Didio last year, Stephen, in 2019. I remember. I think you remember this. We talked about this. He came out and talked about how they do these facsimile editions where they reprint older issues. Yeah. Of comics, including mm-hmm. the old ads and everything, right? Oh, I remember, remember this. Yep. And in some cases, this is what Didio said, quote, in some cases, these are selling more than the new comics with these same these mm-hmm. so he's not comparing, you know, an issue that nobody cares about, you know, concerning sure. like Wonder Twins versus <laughs> a reprint of a Batman comic. Okay, that would not be fair. Right. <laughs> okay. No, no. He's comparing same characters. Mm-hmm. So new Batman comic versus an old one. Mm-hmm. New Wonder Woman comic versus an old one. Yeah. To continue to continue the quote. In some cases, these are selling more than the new comics with these characters. Mm -hmm. People are more interested in buying the stories from 30 or 40 years ago than the contemporary stories. And that's a failure on us, Mm -hmm. you think. We should be focused on moving things forward, always pushing the boundaries and finding new stories to tell. That's how we'll survive and grow this industry. End quote. (laughs) I would submit to you, Stephen, he is wrong and failed at that. Yeah. So I think this is an important <laughs> framing because I, 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 what I want to do now that we've kind of 
set the table right for the problems that he was facing mm-hmm. underneath Dan Didio. They near the end of his run there, mm-hmm. beset by serious sales problems and questionable creative differences, creative decisions that may have led to these sales problems. Right. Right. Uh, Dan, and, and what I kind of want to do is just, how do I want to frame this? I want to, maybe you and I can just take a quick look at what happened underneath his, his, his reign of terror. Oh, that's <laughs> unfair editorializing. Under his reign. Yes. And then comment as to what, what, ha- what led him to having such failure in terms of economic success. Right. And then talking about where DC goes from here. Okay? Mm-hmm. Sure. So underneath the control of Dan mm-hmm. Didio, Stephen. Yes. Now, just so people know, I mean, Dan, gosh, he was at, at DC for brr, years and years. Very, yeah. very long time. He came on as, uh, he joined DC in January 2002 as the vice president editorial. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he was promoted to vice president executive editor mm-hmm. in October of 2004. Right. And then February 18, 2010, Diane Nelson, DC Entertainment President Diane Nelson, named him co publisher of DC Comics along with Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. Okay, so from February 2010, he was the man in charge. Yes. But let's be honest, even from, you know, uh, I think 2004 when he became vice president executive editor, he had quite a lot of power at that time too. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit. Yeah. Okay? So we'll start from 04, but really, we'll start from 04 to see what happened underneath him. But really, it's, it's 2010 that becomes laser focused on him, right? Yes. So, Stephen. Mm-hmm. In 2004, these are some of the things we got underneath Dan Didio, mm-hmm. all right? 2004, identity crisis. Yes. We already talked about the backlash about that. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of backlash. Oh, yeah. I like the series. Don't get me wrong. I like oh, yeah. the story. Mm-hmm. But I recognize the problem some fans had. Yes. Then in 2005, infinite crisis. Again, mm-hmm. Stephen, big deal. Because this began, this really began a constant source of Tension between Dan Didio and the fans. Dan Didio, there are a couple of things Dan Didio always hated and wanted to get rid of. Dick Grayson and Wally West. <laughs> I don't know why he hated those two characters, but at every possible turn, he tried to kill them. Yeah. He tried to kill Dick Grayson at every possible moment. Mm-hmm. Every, it, this is not. This is well documented, too. Yeah. He tried to kill him in Infinite, in Infinite Crisis. Yeah. And yeah, Jeff Johns was like, no. Yeah, but no. <laughs> We're not doing that. He, he tried to kill him at every turn, mm-hmm. Stephen. He wanted to kill off Wally West at every possible turn. Mm-hmm. And he did pretty Succeeded much. Succeed at in, one point. At, at, at get, Actually, at two points. At two points of getting yeah. rid of Wally West completely. Got mm-hmm. rid of Wally West when Barry Allen came back. Yep. Got rid of Wally West with the New 52. Mm-hmm. And then got rid of Wally West again with Here's and in, in uh, uh, was it um, in Heroes in Crisis? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you could tell where he just had it in for these characters. Right. And that was a real source of of conflict. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, under Didio in 2007, you got Amazon's attack <laughs> and Sinestro Core War. 
Oh. In 2008, you got Final Crisis, which I <laughs> love and you love. Which, but let's be honest, Dan uh, Didio had nothing to do with that whatsoever. That's all Grant Morrison saying, Dan, stay the hell out of my way. And Didio which, that's the thing. He meddled with it. He didn't. He limited. Yeah. More, Morrison wanted more issues to tell that story, which mm-hmm. he did need more issues. Yes. You could tell he had more story. And Didio, being the short-sighted person he was, mm-hmm. refused to give Morrison more issues. Right. And w- w- did his best to run up on top the back of Final Crisis with Blackest Night. Yep. To try to diminish, to try to diminish Final Crisis as much as possible. Again, mm-hmm. these are constant issues that Dan Didio had with people. Yes. So in 2009, you had Blackest Night. You had uh, Batman: The Return of Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. In 2010, The Reign of Doomsday. In 2011, Flashpoint. In 2011, and then we get to mm-hmm. the New 52 the in 2011. Yes. And that's really, you know, you can say when Dan Didio is the man in charge. Period. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Started with the return of, of Batman, the return of Bruce Wayne in 2010. Right. And, it, and his signature, first signature piece as the head man in charge was Flashpoint 2011. Yes. Followed up by the new 52 mm-hmm. in 2011. And then followed up with when after that started to crumble in his hands. Mm-hmm. He quickly came out with Forever Evil in 2013. Yeah. Then the came. Event that never died. Right. Yes. Damn. Then came out with Future's End uh, in 2014. Then came out with Convergence. We knew, oh, crap, Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. Convergence was the first attempt to try to course correct with 20, in 2015. And then it was followed up with DC Rebirth in mm-hmm. 2016. That's right. And then post-Rebirth, we have had uh, you know Superman Reborn. We've had Dark Knight's Metal, mm-hmm. Doomsday Clock, yep, and then here we are. Mm-hmm. Oh, Heroes in Crisis. Heroes in Crisis. That's right. And that was and and I guess the year of the villain and event Leviathan would be the last during his run. Sure. Okay. But Heroes in Crisis really is the last true Dan Didio. And, and, and oh yeah, that I would say read so. like a Dan Didio story. Mm-hmm. It just did. People who know Dan Didio going all the way back. To, uh, to Infinite Crisis, that red like it. Mm-hmm. Also, underneath Dan Didio, we got Countdown to Final Crisis. Mm-hmm. We got 52. Right. Okay. So definitely a mixed bag there. Yeah, big time mixed bag. So mm-hmm. looking back on it, I, there were more misses than hits under Dan Didio. And the hits they had were because writers like Grant Morrison and Jeff Johns stood up to him, to be quite honest with you. Right. To be quite honest, that's mm-hmm. that's when they had success. Mm-hmm. When Jeff Johns and Grant Morrison stood up to him and said no, yep. and when Scott Snyder stood up to him with and metal said, yep, and, and said, said no. no. Mm-hmm. That's when they had success. When they let Dan Didio control everything, you got crap like Countdown to Final Crisis, which was awful. It was unreadable awful. It was trash. Okay? Terrible. You got... Yeah. You got that. You got the new 52. Yes. Which was trash. I mean, mm-hmm. there may, there were a few bright spots here and there because there are some truly talented writers out there like Scott mm-hmm. Snyder who can make, you know, chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yeah. Uh, much respect S- to him. Oh, yeah. But overall, from top to bottom, was... new 52 was 1990s image repackaged mm-hmm. for your consumption and enjoyment. Yeah. Terrible. Which is not, that's not the image of, that's not the era of image you want to imitate. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, and, I mean, to be fair, sales-wise, I mean, remember, that was a different different time back in the 90s. 
Yes. Yes. But that oh, no one's disputing the sales power of 1990s image, brother. I bought all this right. image. Yeah. I, was bu- I was buying Bad Rock number one, Stephen. I was buying Bad Rock number one when it came out. Come on. No. I bought Troll number one when it came out. The, the hottest hit from Rob Liefeld. I bought all that. I was in line. Yep. Young Little you Rock was there mm. <laughs> with his, with his, you know, with his money you earned from mowing the yard, buying that. <laughs> um, and then, and then, of course, you know, continuing the run of terrible heroes. I think for me, Countdown mm-hmm. to Final Crisis, uh, uh, Heroes in Crisis. Uh, the new Fifty Two. These are signature things that are distinctly Dan Didio. Yes, and you can tell them. You mm-hmm. can tell. You can tell it. So yeah, that is what Dan Didio gave us. Really, I think the debt that what shows you for me the beginning of the end was in 2011 when he rolled out New Fifty Two. Yes, that was a. I when it first happened when it when it was first announced, I said, "Well, this is." This is the this is the hand that a a a desperate man mm-hmm. a drowning man does. Yes. Okay. This is the type of approach. This mm-hmm. is the nuclear option. And it's the type of approach you can only take once. You can only ever do this once, Stephen. Yes. And I said this is as high risk to high reward of an option there is. Either you will hit a home run and be heralded as a genius, or it will flame out spectacularly. Mm-hmm. And the problem with flaming out with, after you do the nuclear option is where do you go? Yeah. Where do you go? You did the nuclear option. Mm-hmm. You've le- Where do you go from here? Right. There's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with taking the scorched earth approach. Yeah. If you don't hit on a home run, you have left yourself with no out. Yep. Now they're trying to make an out. Oh, sure. But it's requiring, like, ridiculous gymnastics on their part to try. Oh, yeah. And it's not working and connecting a lot with fans. No. So, you know, the New 52 for me, I think, was was the big, you know, you can debate everything up until the New 52. You can debate Final Crisis. You can debate debate Countdown. To Final Crisis, you no, can debate. You <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. That was just bad. The Countdown only, was just bad. The only thing that saved some of those is that the direct competition was publishing stuff that might even be worse right. than that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, but Identity Crisis, Infinite Crisis. You know, you can debate. I think that. Infinite Crisis is pretty, pretty well liked. I think so. I think, I think some people reason. have a problem with some of the. I think. Uh, there is, yeah. I think some people have a problem with. There's the some logistics level. issues, like with Superboy Prime yes. and the punching yes. and all that. But, yes, you know, um, it, but like that's become like a meme. Almost, yes, you know. Uh, I think so. I think really, I think it's New Fifty Two is the that that's where that's the beginning and the end for Dan Didio. Right, and once he pulled that that nuclear option and it failed, I've, I, I, I his days were numbered. In my opinion, I was like, this guy, this guy should be fired. I thought what happened was exactly what we all thought. Well, those of us who, you know, have been around for more than the lifespan of a tsetse fly mm-hmm. and been reading comics for <laughs> more than that amount of time knew that what was going to happen was New 52 would roll out and you would get an initial sales spike. Because that right. always happens when you do anything big. Right, Steven? You right. restart anything. You're going to get an initial sales spike. But those 
of us who are critics of it said, yep, you're going to get a sales spike. It's going to last for six months to a year, and then it is all going to come crashing down, and it's going to be worse than before. Mm-hmm. And guess what happened? They got a sales spike for about six months. Yep. Brother, it didn't even last a year. Nope. Okay. They got a sales spike for about six months, and then, oh, my God, did the hemorrhaging begin Mm -hmm. to the point where they ran off tens of thousands of fans. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, not all are going to ever come back. Nope. Okay? You don't get those back. You might get some back. You got me back. Sure. But you're not going to get everyone back. No. Not going to happen. No. And they ran off an insane amount of fans, Mm -hmm. and the new 52 was it's it's not open to debate. Uh, people might like certain titles. Sure. That's fine. You might like you might have enjoyed Scott Snyder's Batman. Yeah. You might have enjoyed Azrael's, Jeff Johns' well, uh, Justice League. League. Might have liked Azrael's Wonder Woman as I right. did. You might have enjoyed a particular mm-hmm. title here and there. Oh sure. What is not open? But there to were de- fifty two of them. <laughs> yes. What is not open to debate though, Stephen, is that the fact, the undisputed fact, is mm-hmm. it was a sales failure. Failure. Yep. Taken. On a whole, mm-hmm. it was a complete and utter unmitigated sales failure. Yeah. And it caused DC to crater. Mm-hmm. Marvel started kicking the living shit out of DC. You remember mm-hmm. how bad the sales charts were in 2012, <laughs> 2013, 2014? I mean, DC might as well not, not even have been alive mm-hmm. in publishing comics. It was brutal. Yeah. Okay, so the New 52, what was supposed to save the company, nearly killed it. Nearly killed it. Yep. To the point where Dan Didio himself had to come out during Rebirth, Mm -hmm. right before Rebirth, and say, I was wrong. Yep. Bro, when you're a head man in charge and you have to admit you were wrong Mm -hmm. and you cost the company readers and you ran off readers and Mm -hmm. you cost the company money. That's right. Buddy, when that happened, Stephen, in 2016, that's when I said... You're fired. Yeah. Well, when the head man comes out and says that, that, what else is the company supposed to do? Yeah. They don't have any other option. You just came out and admitted what I did was wrong and a failure and cost us readers and money. Mm -hmm. And we're going to now fix it. That's right. And then, if I'm not incorrect, he pretty much apologized to the fans. Yep. That's not an over-exaggeration. No. That's exactly what he he did. (laughs) Flat out apologized to the fans. Well, Stephen, that's that was the death knell, in my yeah. opinion. I, when that, that happened, it was like, we're done. You're, you're done. You, yeah. the, 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 the sham that is the New 52 has mm-hmm. been fully exposed, and you've yes. now admitted that it was a sham. Mm-hmm. That should have been the end. That should have been when you got fired. Yes. It should have happened then. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly. Yeah, the, the only thing that would have won more people back is if he had... If he had admitted it and said, and I'm leaving the company. Yes. And I'm going to fall on my sword. Mm-hmm. I'm the man responsible for this mess. Yep. I'm sorry. I apologize. Mm-hmm. We're going to do our best to change things, and I'm resigning. I'm going to be the executive producer of this company and That's do right. nothing for the rest of my life right. and correct, collect a paycheck. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So I, it's, um, and on top of all this, Stephen, Dan Didio just was combative with fans. Oh, yeah. And I don't understand this. And you see this. It's not just 
Dan Didio at DC Ooh. Comics. You see this with Dan uh, Slot. Dan Slot over Mark at Wade. Marvel. Mark Wade. People just can't help themselves. Tom Brevoort. Oh yeah. Uh, you even see this in other franchises in Star Wars. Kathleen Kennedy mm-hmm. unnecessarily combat. You, know, you don't need to. You don't need to be combative with your with your. These are your customers. Mm-hmm. Customers. These are your customers. These are right. the people that pay your mortgage. <laughs> yeah. That educate your children. Yep. Put food on your table. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, my customer, Stephen, I don't insult. No. I don't. My customers, I treat well because they are putting food on my table. At the end of the day, that is what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. That's how I take care of my family. Right. I appreciate that. Sure. You have to, you cannot attack your customers and no. expect to be successful over the long term. No. It doesn't work. And I get it. There are some customers out there who are annoying. Yeah. I uh, get it. That's what the, pay chop, the paycheck is there for, buddy. Mm-hmm. Okay? You know what? You want the paycheck, you want the big dollars, and you want the big uh, job title. Mm-hmm. You want to be head man in charge and get paid a lot. Dan Data's getting paid, I'm sure. A good sum of money, Stephen. Oh, sure. Okay. You want the money in the title? You know what? Comes with the job. Mm -hmm. You deal with some garbage, too, at the same time. Okay? So there are always going to be jerks out there. Yeah. And it's your job to deal with them. Yeah. It's the only only time you get to be like that to a customer is if they show up to buy your product wearing like a clan robe or something yeah, like that. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, it has to be something outrageous. Exactly. Okay? Something Mm -hmm. outrageous. But if it's a fan who's like... Why do you hate Dan? Di- uh, why do you hate, hate uh, Wally uh, West? Yeah, Wally West. Dick why Grayson. do you hate Dick Grayson? You just swallow it yeah. and you smile mm-hmm. and you come up with a BS. You have answer an intern that makes them type happy. up a response and put it on yep. Twitter and that's it. Yep. I mean, you don't, just ever, you don't even have to ever see it. No. Nope. Just don't go on the internet. Nope. Hello. Yeah. So <laughs> it's 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 a lot to unpack. I I yeah personally, Stephen, in, in on top of all of it, look, Paul Levitt's was the man in charge. Mm-hmm. He was who was DC let go. Yeah. And replaced. Yeah, the two-headed monster. Not good monster, though. <laughs> I, don't mean that, I don't mean that negatively. Two-headed good Paul dragon. Levitz ran DC Comics. Mm-hmm. And Karen Berger ran Vertigo. Right. And DC let mm-hmm. both of them go. Yeah. No. And Karen Berger and Paul Levitz were very close. Yep. Uh, Berger uh, grew up under Paul Levitz. Mm-hmm. One of, one of his protégés, and I will openly admit, I, you know, I believe in full disclosure, I am a big, big Paul Levitz fan. I always have been. Mm-hmm. I've met Paul Levitz several times before, and he's a prince of a man. Mm-hmm. So kind, so generous, so polite, so friendly, really nice guy. Just right. it took time to talk to me, uh, but he didn't have to. Sure. Great guy, and I've always respected what he did for DC. He loved Loved, loved DC. Mm-hmm. And I think Paul was proud of DC's DNA, who DC is, right. who DC was. I think Dan Diddy was always ashamed of who DC was. Mm. I think Dan didn't either didn't know who DC was or was ashamed. Wanted him to be more like Marvel. Violent, bloody, gory, right. edgy, mm-hmm. dark. That's who Dan Diddy was, Steven. Look at the yeah, stuff that was that, put out. Look at look at the enough. DC Comics published under Dan Didio compared to Paul Levitz. Yep. There's a big difference, Mike. Mm-hmm. Come on. From, oh, identi- yeah. from Identity Crisis forward. Yeah. I, I don't Huge disagree Huge difference. Yeah. Dan Didio wanted dark, gory, bloody, edgy, gritty mm-hmm. Marvel-style comics. Yep. 
and that's not DC. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't have elements of that. Of course you can. Sure. But that's not DC's core. That's no. Marvel. That is Marvel's calling card. That's not DC's call. DC has always been, of the two publishers, more positive, mm-hmm. more bright, yep. more inspirational, mm-hmm. more uplifting. Yes. And funnier. Yeah. Okay. I would say so. Maybe a little silly at times. Eh, but a know, good silly. Yeah. But a, a, a fun one. You know sure. what I mean? Like, we're having fun here. Yeah. Uh, and I think Dandito's ashamed of that. Either didn't see it or is ashamed of it. Paul Levitz knew who they were and embraced mm-hmm. it. And I think that's the big difference. The head man in charge has to know what your the identity of your company is. What yeah. is your, your company's DNA? And then embrace it and lean into it and make it the best you can. Right. You're not the other person. No, you know, be the best you that you can be. Mm -hmm. And so I've always admired Paul Levitz and I've always thought he did a great job Mm -hmm. as the publisher of DC. Always thought he did a great job. Were there misses? Of course, no one's perfect. I'm not saying he was perfect. Mm -hmm. No one's perfect, but I thought he did far more good than bad. Mm -hmm. And Karen Berger, I thought was excellent as well as the Vertigo publisher. Mm -hmm. I thought she was incredibly talented, incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. And knew she just she made Vertigo, I mean, into something pretty damn special. Yeah. I mean, look at Vertigo back in its heyday, Stephen, throughout the eighties and the nineties. Pretty amazing, yeah. to be honest. So I think uh I think Dan, I think uh when Dan got fired, uh Karen Berger and Paul Levitz may have uh, met up with each other mm-hmm. to sip their tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and smirk a little bit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They did a little jig, <laughs> did a happy dance. <laughs> so, I have never been a fan of Dan Didio. I will openly admit, I sure. just I've just never been a fan of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that it's, it, it was a long time coming. I don't think he was very good for DC. I don't think he made very good decisions for DC. More often than not, yeah. I just I I don't think he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what is what, what is your take on Dan's? Um, Rain over DC. It, of course, I'm I'm a lot younger. I came into comics pretty much probably underneath him, right? It. Yeah, with yeah. him and Joey Q, which you know, not <laughs> Joey the best, Q. not the best time to be <laughs> yeah. to get into it. But um, yeah, he. I mean, everything that I've read about him from the people you know who are trying to be nice and whatnot is that. Um, you know, that one thing they say often is that he was very passionate. And I respect that. You know, somebody who is in there, he wants to do their job, wants to do it the best of their ability. But I think, as we've just gone over, he's passionate about the wrong things. Yep. That he may have done well at Marvel, mm-hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so many... Um, questionable decisions. I mean, the new 52 is not questionable. That was just a bad idea from the beginning. Awful. Um, and I'm amazed that as the boss, that he was somehow able to lure in all this talent. No, no. So, so something, he must've had something right. That these people Mm -hmm. were like, okay, yeah, I'll go. Or like Grant Morrison, I'll go through this again. Right, 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 right. To come back. Yeah. Um, but, and it's like I said, the thing with the thing with DC is the editorial was is always in the way of these creators. These they hire these great people and they handicap them. Yep. And that was that was absolutely his 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 thing. I man. Mm-hmm. 
I just I just don't know. I mean, honestly, if if Jeff Johns had just left and not given them the the Hail Mary for rebirth, then I don't know what we'd be looking at. We might not be looking at a DC Comics right now. Yeah. Yeah, so all these other people who are cleaning up after the mess that he made. Uh Uh And I don't I don't know. I don't know if he just had some kind of connection to the higher ups that let him continue to do this. Mm -hmm. Or maybe Warner Brothers just wasn't looking at the sales charts at the right time. I think a lot of times DC DC is historic. (laughs) I can tell you at least historically DC had for a long time, Stephen, when I was a kid, I know uh, DC, uh, they flew under the radar and Warner basically they didn't care if DC made him money or not. It seemed like they just kind of forgot about them. They sure. were just there. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think you're right with AT&T now owning Warner brothers. It's like, Hey, 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 yeah. <laughs> why you, how much money are you making? <laughs> and I think to some extent, Steven, you've seen that with Disney and Marvel comics too. Yeah. Disney's kind of like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are we, what are we doing over here? What's mm-hmm. this all new, all different initiative crap? Get, get, get that out of here. Yeah. Get, who's Thor? Who's Iron Man? Who's Captain? What, what, what is this? What? Who's the Avengers? Get this out of here! Yeah, and then it happens. Yeah, um, and it's just I don't know. I mean, I can't really, I can't really argue any of the points that you made because I mean, there, there, there's just no other way to look at them. I mean, like I liked Identity Crisis a lot. I think that um, I agree with the people who criticize it that it was a little too much, but I think overall it was a good series. I like infinite crisis. I like final crisis. Um, I like that it was even made at all. Yeah. Is one of the things that it's mm-hmm. like, well, it's, it's one of those like kind of love hate things because there are some things that, that he allowed to get published that under a different person probably would not have, yep. but he also, he likes to, you know his meddling is makes kind of ha- makes it less than what it could be, or yes. it buries it somewhere so you don't hear about it until like a long time later. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just. I mean, I I don't I don't wish anybody any any harm or anything like that. No, obviously. no, no. And I'm sure he'll be fine. Oh, he'll be. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure he's made lots of money. Yeah. And, and they probably gave him a good package to just, just go away. Yeah. And don't say anything to anybody. Yeah, look, executives always get a golden parachute, yes. Stephen. Not oh, to shed a tear for an executive. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, he's not like the working stiff on the, on the factory line, okay? Exactly. <laughs> but I just... I don't know. I mean, he was... I think you're right. He was he was just the wrong person, and honestly, at the wrong time. Yep, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. So here we are. It, it, I mean, the last few things that Dan Didio did before stepping out the door, Stephen, after mm-hmm. Rebirth, he gave us Heroes in Crisis, which was a failure. Yeah, it did not sell well for a mm-hmm. big event at all. Yeah, and and it got <laughs> it got trashed. Boy, it got trashed. Time. It got trashed by as one of the one of the few comments out there where almost everybody was willing to agree was just not good. It, it seemed like even the writer was willing to trash him. Too. Yeah, like, even Tom yeah, King was kind of like, you know, that. I didn't want to do that. And I they kind of handed me that. this and said, "You have to fill yeah. the rest in." Uh, you, you can tell when something's when a, when a comic book is bad, Stephen. When the writer, when he's done, when yeah. the writer comes out and goes, "All right, so I just want to let you know." I want everyone to know <laughs> this was 
Yeah. A story wasn't my idea. The B story wasn't my idea. The C story wasn't my idea. Yeah. Start listing everything that wasn't their idea. The characters weren't my idea. You yeah. Know, it's... Tom King did his best to tell everyone, look, pretty much everything in Heroes in Crisis was not my idea. Yeah. I was basically given the story and told to write it. And look, mm-hmm. they're my boss. Yeah. And they pay my bills. So I'm yeah, going to do what the thing with even, <laughs> even with the thing with Alfred dying, he said, he didn't I want to do that, that happen. It's but that's fun, so yeah. Dan Didio. Mm-hmm. Steven, that's so Dan. It's the over-the-top, the dark, the gritty, yeah. the violent, the... the go- it, it, it is... It just not... It, okay, so anyhow. Every, I, but every crisis, a flash has to die. Yeah. Oh, another <laughs> statement. By, that, that's, why, that's how he rationalized Stephen killing Wally West. Yep. That's right. So, yeah. before he left, mm-hmm. slinked out the door... Steven, yep. we got Heroes in Crisis universally panned. Yes. And just ruining Wally West's character, Steven. Mm-hmm. I think beyond repair, in my opinion. <laughs> Making it very hard to repair. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you make a man a mass murderer mm-hmm. and then have him knee in the crotch and carried off. Yeah. I, I, I can't. It. I, I, that had to be dent. Just, I, I want Harley to kick him in the balls. <laughs> Like, I, by the way, whenever I do Dan Dito's voice, I do Vince McMahon. Because I, kind of, I kind of imagine, for pro wrestling fans out there, uh, if you don't know who Dan Didio is like, I think he's like Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. I think they have the same kind of personality. And I could just, I see Dan Dito, all right, King, hey, King, listen, listen, all right, so you're going to make, you're going to make Wally West a mass murderer. Um, uh, but why would I do that? No, 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 this is Wally West, he's a mass murderer, right. kids are going to love it, kids are going to love it. And, and he's like, all right, all right. But Dan, it's it's Wally West. He's really but nah, it's, it's, no one's gonna see it coming. And it's really cool and it's gritty. And then and then after he kills everybody, you know what you're gonna do? Uh, no, what am I gonna do? You're gonna have Holly Quinn, and she's gonna rack his balls. <laughs> That's gonna be great. Well, you sure about that, boss? No. Nah, the kids will love it. Everyone will laugh. It's great. That's Dan Dio to me. Yeah, it's just one other way to bury this character. Right, and and in Heroes of Crisis did bury Wally West, and yeah. what, what Dan Dito doesn't understand. Look, I'll admit it. I'm a Barry Allen guy. Sure, that's my Flash. Mm-hmm. That's the one Flash that I knew. Mm-hmm. Right, so hey, that's my boy. Yeah, but I'm not a myopic idiot like Dan Didio. Just because someone isn't your favorite character does not mean they're not someone else's favorite character. Sure. Does not mean beyond that that they are also a quite popular character. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the fact is Wally West. Is the all in caps Flash Stephen for like a generation? Yep, for a lot of fans. Basically, for everybody who read comics from what 1985 to when did Barry Allen come back? 2008. Yeah, Final so, Crisis. Yeah. yeah, so 85 to 2008. Uh, uh, that's Steven, a long time. <laughs> that's 23 years. Are you yeah. kidding me? Okay, so 23 yeah. years worth of readers. Wally West is their Flash, mm-hmm. the Flash. He's the Flash that was on the jail, the Justice League animated cartoon. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. so this is not some minor character. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love Ray Palmer, this is not Ray Palmer. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a really big character. Yeah. And just because you don't like him doesn't mean he's not massively popular with um, Stephen. Two generations worth of readers. I mean, yep. just huge. And to treat him that way, I think really just. So many readers could not accept Heroes in Crisis, yeah, because of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know what? I get it. I totally. Oh, get I it. get it too. I, I'm sympathetic to that. So yeah, yeah. Heroes in Crisis, and then he followed it up with Killing Alfred, mm-hmm. and then he followed it up with 
the rumored 5G initiative. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the 5G initiative, for people who don't know, again, it's like the very definition of insanity mm-hmm. is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result, Steve. Right. This is just the new 52. Light. I mean, it's, it's that level of, he learned from the New 52 what they should have learned. Mm-hmm. Dan Didio should have learned if he wasn't an incompetent boob. <laughs> he should have learned. People like the continuity. Right. He should also learn people like the big named established characters. Mm-hmm. Period. End of story. Right. They like continuity mm-hmm. and they like established characters. Don't screw with those two things. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. Yep. That's it. That's it. You can add as many new characters as you want. Sure. You can um, you can tweak continuity here and there as long as you're not tr- just literally hitting the reset button. Right. right? You can tweak continuity. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. You can add new characters. You can take established characters and tweak them mm-hmm. all you want. But the hard line, am I wrong, Stephen? New 52 taught you don't screw with the established characters and don't trash continuity. Right. I think... I think the 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 nail the nail in this upcoming thing should have been that uh, Doomsday Clock, despite the delays, still sold well. Yes, every issue. Oh yeah, absolutely did. Which is amazing. Which that's the one that was supposed to you know everything's supposed to come back to the way it was. Yes, or at least provide the way to go forward. Right, and. I don't know. I don't know if 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 I was an executive and I saw that, and I saw well relative to the market as we have it now, those Correct. kind of numbers, I'd be like, huh, maybe we should uh, stay with that. Yes, and go with what they're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's incredible. That yes, with all those delays. Oh, there were tons of delays. Stephen yeah. it was obscene. The delays were obscene. By all rights, on and any other title, you'd have had horrible sales numbers. And yet, it killed it in the sales chart. <laughs> It just killed it, which which is rare for a comic that oh, has yeah. kind of shipping delays, big shipping delays. Mm-hmm. It's but it's another thing of um, somebody being handed uh, a, 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 a basically a free pass and just going go for eh, it. I'm gonna do it my own way. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, the five G initiative, Stephen, yeah. would have Wonder Woman replaced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right, Diana Prince. Gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it has come out who she would be replaced by. Has it? Have they said who would be, who she'd be replaced by? Uh, no. Okay. I now from what I had understood was that it's not like uh, well the big three there would be a new big three but the originals would would be older. They would be old. So we're gonna age we're gonna everybody. Old. Yeah, we're gonna age everybody out. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clark. What do you want, Bruce? Pass me the Metamucil. <laughs> Exciting. Go ahead. Sorry. Yes, they yeah. would be aged. Yes. And a um, new Wonder Woman will come in. We don't know who. Right. Jonathan Kent would become Superman. the new Superman. And then Damien and then, would be Batman? Or would no, it be. No, no. Is it Batman Beyond? Batwing. Oh, my God. Batwing. Luke Fox. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you have Damian Wayne right there in a silver platter. Because, Stephen, come on, you can't have your three main characters all be white. That's the logic. Let's be honest. I'm guessing. I don't know. Why would you not have Damian Wayne? Why would you pick Batwing, a character nobody gives a wouldn't shit? Wouldn't he be no kind of old, too, at that point? 
I, would I mean, if we're talking about aging, like they, I mean, I've seen some of the art. They look like they're like at least 30 years old. I, I would think. So Batwing would be 50, maybe. I, I, He's like I, in his 20s. I, I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, what gets me is like, is like you, t- you if, if you want to replace Bruce Wayne, first of all, you should be. You should be kicked in the balls yeah. for saying something that stupid. But, <laughs> you, but if you're going to, wouldn't you pick a character who at least fans like? Like Damian Wayne is popular, Stephen. Mm-hmm. He's very popular. Have you met a single human who likes Batwing? I sure haven't. <laughs> well, if I ask people, they'd probably say, who? Who? Exactly. Yeah. Um, it gets better, Stephen. It gets better. Yeah. Do you know who would replace Barry Allen as the Flash? Tell me. Captain Boomerang's kid. (laughs) You can't make this up. Okay. You can't make this up. Guess who would replace... Guess who replaces Hal Jordan as Green Lantern? Jessica Cruz. (laughs) No! You would think that would be the choice! You would think, wouldn't you? No, it's Joe Mullion from Far Sector. (laughs) That doesn't even make sense. (laughs) I... I wish y'all could see Steven's face. He's like, that doesn't make sense. And um, Earth One Aquaman would be repurposed. What? (laughs) No, no, this makes it's it's like so. Okay, so we're not even going to use the legacy characters. No. Oh my god. This is like Dan Didio was on crack and came up with this idea. This is the biggest pile of crap in a bucket. Okay, Mm -hmm. look. Just like I saw the new 52 mm-hmm. before it was released and said, that will fail. Yeah. Trust me when I say 5G will fail. Well, What looks... part of that, Stephen, do you think is going to succeed? None of it is. We, everyone has been reading comics, again, for longer than two days yeah. is going to tell you that's going to fail. Yeah. It's going to fail. Well, that's the thing, is somebody else may have recognized that. And that's what I wanted to ask you. Do yeah. you think Do you think it's not just that, D, that Dan Didio has made some questionable decisions in the past mm-hmm. and somehow survived the New 52 yep. debacle? Debacle. And DC did rebound with Rebirth. Yeah, they did. In sales mm-hmm. and fan response. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Rebirth is what saved his neck from the chopping yes. block? You do? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, all right. What does an executive do? They take credit for stuff that everybody else does. Right. I mean, let's be honest. Right, right. <laughs> You're right. So you think Rebirth saved him from being yeah. fired. Mm-hmm. And then AT&T, when reviewing, doing their review of all their divisions, saw the plan of 5G and were like, we yeah. spent $85 billion for Batwing as Batman? <laughs> <laughs> we 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 spent eighty five billion for Captain Boomerang's kid to be the Flash. What? Yeah, I'm just imagining a meeting, and the the head person is just like, I don't even know what the fuck this is. <laughs> right. Right. Captain Hooray. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Um, they're probably like Jonathan. Can wait. When did Superman get a kid? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, no, no, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, so is it possible that 5G is what was is the straw that broke the camel's back? While, while AT&T is doing their internal review, saw this and was looking at the bad sales numbers, looking at uh, the, the, 
not performing well economically, and then saw 5G, and we're like, no, 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 no. You already did this to us with New 52. We're not, we're not going down this road again. This is stupid. We just spent a ton of money for Clark Kent right. and Diana Prince mm-hmm. and Bruce Wayne. Yep. That's what we spent this money on. Mm-hmm. That's, and make no mistake, anyone who tells you, Luke Fox and Jonathan Kent and random woman who replaces <laughs> Diana Prince, they can become just as big as that. No. No. Take, go outside and hit yourself into the shovel, okay? That's what you need to do. And maybe your brain will start Step working properly. Step on a properly. couple of shovels, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Only an insane person would think that. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Do you think 5G is what did it, man? Um, or at least con- contributed to it. I think whoever they had doing the review of DC must have known. Or must have known. Must have known a little something about how that business works. And I think them telling the CEOs was probably what did it. It's like, no, I don't think this is going to work. And they can show them receipts of metal and doomsday mm-hmm. clock and mm-hmm. so and then show receipts of and Scott Snyder by the way fought with Dan Didio yep. he didn't want uh his uh uh, uh death metal death metal to, to have anything to do any with way. 5G <laughs> at all yep that's should tell you something Stephen Scott mm-hmm. Snyder's a smart guy and yeah. a talented writer and he did he wanted no part of this and he admitted even in his uh his tweets about Dan Didio like his his well wishes that they had some nuclear fights yeah so that should tell you something yes Stephen. fights plural yeah right and that's 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 DC's uh after Jeff Johns that's yep. the best writer mm-hmm that's the top man absolutely so yeah I, I think somebody in the company must have known the business well enough mm-hmm and been high up enough to say, we can't do this. Look, Stephen, am I wrong? Tell me if I'm wrong. But sure. Batman is a license to print money. Yeah. Is it not? Mm-hmm. Even when DC is on life support and everything has gone <laughs> wrong, right? Yeah. At, at, at the absolute rock bottom of the post-New 52 hemorrhaging of all your readers, mm-hmm. what was the one comic that was still sold gangbusters? Batman. Mm-hmm. Even when you know Marvel was kicking the crap out of DC mm-hmm. in the nineties, mm-hmm. in the two thousands, mm-hmm. who sold well? Batman. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just I I. And, yeah. and Stephen, it's not. And just to be clear, it's not just the name Batman. It's sure. Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? I don't think it's so. Bruce Wayne. I think the only thing that would have made sense if it wasn't going to be Damian Wayne is if it was. Terry McGinnis and Batman Beyond. Because right. that was a popular show. Right. So people are accustomed to that. Yes. So that's why that makes that decision. But even do you more see baffling. more money no. in anyone other than Bruce Wayne being Batman? Oh, no. And it, it, it's insane to think otherwise, isn't yeah, it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And same thing with Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see anyone, anyone making more money as Superman than Clark Kent? No. Do you see anyone making more money than Diana Prince as Wonder Woman? No. I don't it's, either. Uh, I just don't see it. Yeah. I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Now, Hal Jordan, look, there's a billion Green Lanterns. Yeah. That's easy. You can replace a Green Lantern. You don't even have to replace Hal Jordan. You can, there's already yeah, one of the other ones. Yeah. a gajillion <laughs> Green Lanterns out there. You yeah. know what I mean? And Flash, you know, it's, it's, in my opinion, Flash is either Barry Allen or Wally West. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's just, that's, that's my take on it. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> anyhow, uh, does DC. Do, do you think? Do you think that DC now abandons 5G? Steven, we're we're bumping up on it. 
Mm-hmm. We're bumping up on it. So what do you think? Do you think they, do you think they, I mean, the first comic is coming out, isn't it? 1G is coming out in a couple of weeks, Stephen. Yeah, it comes out after Death Metal's first one comes out. So, so that's, yeah, it's a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Do you think they change things around? I think they change. What, is your gut, what I, does your gut tell you? My gut is that they keep the first four issues the same, but they change the last one. You the think one so? The one that's supposed to be the one of tomorrow. Yeah. You think so? Okay. Oh, I absolutely think so. Okay. Yeah. They, okay. Because they still have time to fix that. Right. They can't fix anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's and that was the one that was supposed to, oh, the new line and the continuity and blah, blah, blah. I don't, I think they can change that. I think you're right. Yeah. Because if they now, don't, boy, they're in trouble. It depends on who they pick to put in his place. And that was my next question for you, Stephen. Let's yes. talk about going forward. Sure. Going forward, you got to hire somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Stephen, what the hell does Jim Lee do anyway? <laughs> <laughs> He just—I mean—he's he's like a super nice guy. Sure, I've uh, met him at, at a couple of conventions. He's mm-hmm. super nice. Yeah, and he's talented every, artist. Yeah. Everything you read about him, everybody always says how nice he is. Mm-hmm. But he—it's like what is he like? Forrest Gump, like super nice, but just sits there all day and does nothing. I'm sure he's panicking right now. It's like, oh my god, actual things I have to do. <laughs> uh huh. I get the impression that Jim Lee didn't do anything. That Dan Diddy was doing all the work, and Jim Lee was like, "I'm here just being friendly to everybody." Yeah, I don't maybe, know, maybe he was the one who lured in all the talent. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's I think Jim Lee is the guy who lured a lot of talent into yeah. that company. He has a lot of connections, and he is very nice. And oh, I've yeah. never I've never read any anything negative about him. Mm-hmm. Really haven't. He just seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, uh, and he's a talented artist. But oh yeah. I mean, would you? I guess you have to start with Jim Lee. Would you simply just make Jim Lee the sole publisher? I think that would be insane. Oh, no. I mean, Jim Lee is the same guy who gave you early 1990s image. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's let's be real. Yeah. And it, it it didn't stand the test of time. No. This is the same guy. Oh, no. This is the same guy <laughs> who who thought Heroes Reborn yeah. was a good idea. Mm-hmm. And that was crap on a stick. Yeah. And a massive failure. Oh, yeah. Marvel couldn't get out of back their way out of that fast enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And... Look, let the new fifty two stain it, it lands on Jim Lee as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Didio doesn't take the full blame for no. that. That lands on Lee as well. So I'm saying early nineteen nineties image, uh Marvel's Heroes Reborn and New Fifty Two, you're yeah. you're not a you're not a candidate. Yes. In my opinion. Sorry, you're you've been voted off the island. Yeah. So you think <laughs> do you think they give it to Jim Lee? As a soul no. publisher. Oh, God, I hope not. That would... I think if he retains that kind of position, I feel they need they need to put somebody else with him. Right. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, don't think it, I don't think it's Jim Lee either. No, I don't think so. All right. Well, what about the gentleman who is currently mm-hmm. editor-in-chief for DC Comics? The guy above him leaves... He gets the promotion. He's next to man in line. That would be Bob Harris. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bob Harris, everybody knows, was the uh, editor-in-chief at Marvel from 1995 to 2000. Mm-hmm. And is, is currently and... the editor of, of DC, editor-in-chief of DC Comics. He, he would be, if you were to be promoting from within as a next man up, Stephen, mm-hmm. next man up would be, would be Bob Harris. Yeah. 
Yeah. Would you? He's the same age as Dan Didio. Mm-hmm. Would you put? Would you make Bob Harris your your publisher? Um. Uh. Who Who was the other half of that uh, Heroes Reborn uh, debacle? That'd be Bob Harris. Yes. <laughs> that would be Bob Harris. So ask me that question again, with that context in mind, <sighs> and see if you can guess what my answer is. Uh, that is true. That is true. Mm-hmm. And and he was also editor in chief and vice president of when they were the New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. So editor in chief and vice president during New Fifty Two. Yeah. So he he as well I think gets painted with the same brush as Jim Lee. Of course. Heroes are born and New Fifty Two. Maybe you don't use that guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you're saying no to Bob Harris being next man up. Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. I okay. would say uh, no, thank you. Okay. I would. Yeah. Then, Stephen, mm-hmm. let me throw one. There's a, we're going to leave the obvious guy for last, okay? okay. Everybody knows who we're angling to here. Yeah. Let's, leave, let's put him to the side for a second. Mm-hmm. Would you put Scott Snyder in that position? He's never been an editor. He's never mm-hmm. been an executive. He's always been a writer. Right. He's incredibly talented. He loves DC. He sure. knows DC. He's shown he knows how to write a great big event. Mm-hmm. He has good long-range vision. Mm-hmm. He has um, he has the ability to see um, to have a, uh, to see the, the the overarching big picture of an right. entire shared universe. Mm-hmm. That would be a big promotion for a writer. It would. Who is not an executive or an editor at any point? Would you say Scott Snyder be our man? Um, I think. I think this is where having Jim Lee there would help because someone who's done the job who can help him with some of the, oh, this is what publishers do kind of thing. I think in terms of, well, I mean, let's be honest, uh, staying out of the way, keeping a consistent guideline of, okay, Mm -hmm. you can't set this here Mm because it has to be with this, Mm -hmm. and who has a good relationship with the other creatives, Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I can't really think of anybody who would be better at least on paper with those qualities because he's well he's part of their little their their creative trio that they've mm-hmm. got um he obviously has great long-range vision yes. universe building stuff mm-hmm. like that and um and what was the other thing i said <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the you know the passion and the yes. love for the for the universe clearly. and cl- clearly loves like the the classic like the the actual DNA of DC. Yes. So I I mean I can't oh and um I believe he would stay out of the way. He I doesn't agree. seem to have a giant ego about it. I agree. Him. So I think that I think he'd be a good I think he'd be a good choice. Do you think they would sure. make that move? I like the idea, you like the idea, but do you think AT&T would do would hire Scott Snyder? I mean, it is kind of a coincidence that Scott Snyder has is stepping back. It is. In a way, from and some of his stuff. He was really quiet on Twitter when Didio mm-hmm. got fired. He was, by the way, the tweets you meant, he posted two tweets about yeah. it. Two tweets. Yeah. But they came Late. hours. Yeah. Steve, I mean, everyone else in the comic industry, writers, mm-hmm. editors, yep. were all commenting like, boom, 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 real fast. Yep. Real fast. Snyder didn't say, Stephen, it was hours mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. Hours later. Yep. And it was two tweets and then radio silence after that. Yep. I don't want to read I mean, into it, but yeah. that was 
interesting to note. Yes, it definitely was. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, if, if, if AT&T is like what I think they are, which is that they probably just look at numbers. Right. And that the way reason Diddy was fired was because of numbers and maybe because somebody knew something about the industry mm-hmm. that could say something to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they look at just the numbers, Scott Snyder's numbers are very good. They are. He's a good seller. So, obviously, he knows something that, that right. Dan Didio does not. Right, right. And that's what they need is someone who knows, right. okay, we need to sell mm-hmm. stuff here. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Another, uh, before we move on to our next person, sure. just about Scott Snyder. Mm-hmm. Another reason why I like this guy, Stephen. Wow. Do you know where Scott Snyder worked after he graduated college? Did he work at Disney World? He did work at Disney World. <laughs> Just wanted to say that. Um, yeah. And by the way, <laughs> uh, he said he he he. Uh, he uh, I just I would love love to have seen him. He worked as a character. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And he says that his working at Disney World uh, strongly influenced his writing. Love that guy. Well, I just like, it, can't, just, it, can't, it can't get any more insane than right? having to live in that in the bubble in the bubble for <laughs> an extended period of Seriously. time. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Let me throw another one before we get to Mr. Obvious. Okay. Before we okay. get to Mr. Obvious, because I think you and I we haven't talked about, it, but I think you and I know who Mr. Obvious is. Of course. Well, let me throw another one at you. Sure. This gentleman mm-hmm. is a very talented writer. Yeah. But before he became a talented writer. He was a very good editor. He was one of the few editors to flip over to being a very good writer. Hmm. Always wor- has worked at DC since the dawn of time. Yes. Peter Tomasi. Oh. He was hmm. an editor. Uh, he was an editor uh, at DC. Started in 1993 and was the editor for Green Lantern, Batman, Aquaman, Hawkman, and JSA. Mm-hmm. And in 2003, he became senior editor. And in 2007, he left his 14-year role as an editor and became a writer. Peter Tomasi, I think, is a very talented writer. Yeah. And before that, I thought he was a very talented editor. Mm-hmm. Huh? Steven, Peter Tomasi. Kind of coming out of nowhere. What do you think about the selection of Peter Tomasi? Like, like, like an RKO out of nowhere <laughs> taking the job. <laughs> what do you think about that? Um, well, I mean... Obviously, I think Peter Tomasi is, um, he's definitely one of their best creative minds at DC. I think he is, I don't think I've ever read a bad comic from Peter Tomasi. I think Agreed. He, he's very, he's very smart. He's very consistent. He's mm-hmm. got a good, good style mm-hmm. about him. Um, never heard a never heard a bad word about him either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd honestly forgotten he was an editor. That <laughs> <laughs> was been a while. I mean, 2007. It's been a long time. Uh, I would say so. Yeah. But um, I mean, yeah, somebody who understands both sides. I don't. I don't see why he wouldn't be a good choice. I think that. And I think that's. I do think that's what they need. I think it's interesting that our choice. Well. I was thinking Scott Snyder, and then the obvious one, of course. Correct. Yes. But somebody who. Work has worked in both sides. I think Peter Tomasi has the uh, mm-hmm. has the chops to do it. Yeah, and I think he's one of those like he's he's like the 
I think he's like he's like the Peter David of DC. He like is. he's one of those. Yes. He's been working forever. He's yes. always good. Yes, but nobody they brings his name about up. Him. Right. Ever. Right. And it's yes. And it, yes. It, it's so. I think that you know. It's maybe it's time to put him in a place where he can. Where shine. he can shine, yeah, mm-hmm. and he has all the same qualities that Scott Snyder has yep. in terms of like his creativity, yep. the good relationships, um, the passion for mm-hmm. the universe. I mean, and he's been there for forever. Yes. Let him have the job. So you like the idea? Oh, I, like I definitely idea. like the idea. Yeah, but would AT and T pull the trigger on Peter Tomasi? I mean, if they're looking at the numbers. Um, not not as big as Scott Snyder's. Mm-hmm. Um, they can definitely see the the record. His resume mm-hmm. is a very solid one. Mm-hmm. It's not a splashy hire. It's not a splashy hire, but but they could look at Marvel hiring um, uh, Akira Yoshi. What's his name? <laughs> yeah, right. That guy. <laughs> C C B Sibolsky. Yeah, he was and not who a was hire not a splashy all, hire? Who was a steady? Yeah, just mm-hmm. get in there, fix it. And, Very steady worker. And don't screw it up. Right, right, right. And Tomasi could do that. And Tomasi could definitely do that. I think and he doesn't have any other controversy. Right. Oh so no, I think Tomasi's <laughs> more talented than I think Tomasi's more talented than Sibolsky. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay. So before we go to Mr. Obvious, of course. Let me throw one last at you. Now is, this it Paul, is it Paul Levitz? <laughs> <laughs> Bringing him back, baby. Don't call that, oh, my God, it's Kane. He's back. <laughs> no, I think Paul Levitz actually at this time might be like, dong. <laughs> it's the Undertaker. Oh, my God. <laughs> Coming back on WrestleMania to defend his record. <laughs> so, um, okay. <laughs> Uh, no, not Paul Levitz. Um, okay. Let the man enjoy his retirement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, this one's insane. Okay. This one will never happen. Is it Joey Q? It's not Joey Q. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I'm just. But let me throw this because it's so insane. All right. You never know, right? In this world, Stephen, I think we've proven in in the world we live in now, Stephen, anything's possible, right? Fair. Yeah. Okay. He has amazing long range vision. Grant Some Morrison. Mar- so. So funny you mentioned Grant Morrison because he's that, that's not who I was gonna say, but I was gonna say I saw I saw people online mentioning Grant Morrison for position and I thought whoa whoa, whoa. first of all I, I'm the biggest Grant Morrison fan right. in the world okay he's my boo I love him yeah that would be the worst decision no, ever no you cannot Grant Morrison needs adult supervision yes he does he needs adult I, I adore the man mm-hmm. he needs adult supervision he does yeah you he can't does. you can't you can't make him the publisher no that's crazy talk um. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, they'll be out of business in like a couple of years. Of uh, but no, he's got a he's got amazing long range vision. Mm-hmm. Arguably the best in all of comics. Plotting skills, arguably the best in all of comics. Knowledge of continuity, arguably the best in all of comics. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Hickman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man oh that would be so nice mm-hmm. but he's smart knows he's comics smart. he knows yes. how to manage big events he knows yeah. how to manage multiple titles mm-hmm. he's running that x-men franchise with a lot of with a lot of writers and a lot of titles he's running that show i don't care what anyone says yeah. he's running that show mm-hmm. 
<laughs> he knows continuity. He knows research. He he knows how to manage lots of stories. Mm-hmm. Detail oriented, passionate, creative, very intelligent. Yep. Never worked for DC. Nope. But he said he'd said he'd wants to though. Yep. Yep. Oh. Oh, that would be so nice. <laughs> Do you think AT&T would hire him? I mean, I'd be thrilled if he took the job. You'd be thrilled if he took the job, obviously. Yeah. He's very talented. I think he'd be an awesome publisher. Mm -hmm. Would AT&T even think about him? Probably not. It depends on how much they think Disney would fight them. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, well, now with Kevin Feige technically in charge of everything over at Marvel Entertainment. Right. He could ring up the boss and say, "Hey, yeah. you need to do back, something about back this. up the Brinks truck and dump a bunch of money on Hickman's right. uh, front door." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, and I don't know if they've got him on a contract for however long. Right, right, yeah. But mm-hmm. if they did an interim person, then yep. maybe I would keep that in mind. That would be an extreme long shot, though. That, yes. Very extreme long shot. That I just had to throw that out there. That would be a longer shot than, than Grant Morrison. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. All right. Before we get to the man, okay. can we all agree that Brian Bendis would be the dumbest choice ever? <laughs> can we just put that out there? There's yeah. No, that man has never demonstrated an ability to juggle more than two characters <laughs> and one idea at a time. He can't chew gum and walk. I mean, come on. You can't put him in charge of anything more than one thing yeah. at a time. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, the sales numbers for all of his comics on DC, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, just, let's, just, let's just kill this idea right now. Can we just, can we just kill it right now, Steven? Yeah. Uh, his titles right now, you got Legion of Superheroes in yeah. January, Steven. Mm-hmm. Legion of Superheroes 3, 34,732 yeah. units. Mm-hmm. Superman 19, 43,364 units. Action Comics, uh, 1,019, 35,842 comic uh, units. Young Justice number 12, 21,401 units. Mm. And his Wonder Comic titles, I mean, Wonder Wood Twins number 11, 7,916 units. Yeah. Dally for Hero number 11, 6,295 units. I mean, he's not sold well no. at, at DC. He's not sold well at all at DC. His yeah. Wonder Comics uh, line has bombed. Mm. They've all gotten horrid. Naomi, uh, who are the other ones? Naomi, Wonder Twins, Dolly H., there's a couple others. Young Justice. Young Justice. Um, they've all bombed. Yeah. Terrible sales numbers. And his Superman, I mean, low 40s, high 30s. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's, that's whatever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, uh, doesn't get big sales numbers anymore. Nope. Not like Scott Snyder. Nope. And uh, has never shown the ability to manage anything. No. He doesn't understand research. He doesn't understand continuity. He doesn't know how to manage... More than one thing at a time. No. That would be a bad choice. That would be a bad future. That would be a bad future. Okay. Well, Stephen, let's get to Mr. Obvious. Okay. Jeff Johns. Yes. Is that the guy who you hire? Period. End of story. Don't go any further. Just get the damn man. I think they should go to him on their hands and knees and beg him to take that job. Do you think... Why do you think he was uh, let go? As president and chief creative officer in 2018. If I if I were to be perfectly honest, I think it has to do with the movies. Because okay. even though he took the job after um, you know, the 
Batman vs Superman debacle yep. and Justice League was yep. out of his hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They saw those numbers and blamed him and got rid of him. Even though the one that he did have his hands on, Aquaman, right, made over a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shazam didn't blow up the box office, but did pretty right. good. Right. Had had good reviews. Yep. Um, and so they kind of... I mean, he did co-write Aquaman. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's, there's that. And it did really mm-hmm. well. Got over a billion. Yep. And uh, he co-wrote Wonder Woman 1984, which I'm sure... I, I mean... I guess anything's possible, but I would be really, <laughs> really surprised based on how popular Wonder Woman, the first movie was. Yep. I'd be stunned, Stephen, if Wonder Woman 1984 didn't just do gangbusters. I'd yep. be really shocked. Yeah. Wouldn't you? And I mean, and it did really well domestically, which yeah. is, you know, that's, which is kind of rare nowadays yeah. with some of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and well, we don't know how long this coronavirus is going to go around. So that's that true. will probably be important. Of course, of course, <laughs> of course. Do you think, uh, do you think, AT&T would well, I mean he was he was president and chief creative officer before AT&T bought right Warner Media so mm-hmm. AT&T may not have a bad view of him Yeah they may not have a bad view of him I think I mean he could put he could put on his resume I um saved DC from Dan Didio yes. uh, more than once more than once Look there is look Stephen let's be honest mm-hmm. there is no, no yeah. DC Comics, period, without Jeff Johns. Yes. Can we agree to that? Oh, 100%. There is, Jeff Johns is and was DC Comics mm-hmm. from 2000, I mean, pretty much 2000 and what, f- pretty much 2005. Yeah. Right think, on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that about right? 2005 on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he did some great work, uh, you know, uh, uh, in the early 2000s mm-hmm. um, on, uh, on oh, come on, what was it, JSA? Yeah, JSA, The Flash. Mm-hmm. And The Flash, but really... Teen Titans. Yeah, 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 but I would say really from about 2005 on. Mm-hmm. From Green Lantern Rebirth? Yeah, yep. I think from 2005 on, if, if, if there is no Jeff Johns, mm-hmm. there is no DC Comics from 2005 on. There just isn't. I agree. So, uh, I mean, he's kind of like, he's, he, <laughs> I, I can't think of anyone else at DC who has a resume better than Jeff Johns. No. I, I completely agree. I think he, he, he's shown, um, uh, creativity. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that rebirth, that, that Hail Mary with Dr. Manhattan. Whoo. Come on. <laughs> you know nobody was expecting that. No, of Least of not. all, Alan Moore, probably. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jeff Johns did the impossible. New 52, there's almost no way to for DC to work them out of the hole of New 52. Yep. Almost right. no way. And yet he did it. Yep. And um, But he's shown he's a loyal loyal to DC. Mm-hmm. Fan friendly. Because he could have he just left. He could have left, but he didn't. Yep, and he loves he's, DC. He stuck it out. Yep, he did his best. Yep, to to make to make what he had his hands on yeah. readable. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's got the sales numbers to back it up. He's yep. got um, he's got a lot. People know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an exciting choice. Mm-hmm. I think um, it would get the fan base all fired up. Yep, it Big would. Time. It would be like, yes, thank God, we're on the right track. Yes, it's, it's just. 
I, I mean, I think it would it'd pull old uh, pull re- people who left DC back into the fold. Yep. People who left because the New Fifty Two and never came back. Mm, I think they'd I think come, they back. come back. Yeah. And I think it would really charge up your fan base and get them. To, you you need your fan base to be evangelist for your product, right? And I think Jeff Johns would do that. Mm-hmm. I really do think he would do that. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think people would kill to work at DC under Jeff yes. Johns. Uh, from my, from for me, Jeff Johns is the only person you hire. Right. I think you're, the AT and T's list of people to hire to be publisher should be Jeff Johns mm-hmm. number one, Jeff Johns number two, Jeff Johns number, number three. three. Yep. Get you get Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. You do that. Yep. I think you you make money. I think DC flourishes. Mm-hmm. And uh, come on, uh, that's you got Jeff Johns as your publisher. Yep. Who does Marvel has as theirs? Exactly. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you you win that battle. You got the better publisher. Absolutely. I mean, I don't. It's not even close. No. You got the better publisher. Uh, I just yeah. think it's. I think it's a no brainer. He has the passion. He has the love. He has the knowledge. He has the skill. He has the ability. Mm-hmm. He is Mister DC. Yes. He is Mister DC. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. He's the one who saved the company. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, this this more is, than once. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it is. I read mean, that on your resume mm-hmm. and say, huh, well, I guess we should hire this guy then. Yes. Heck yeah. I mean, this is, this, this is, I think, a no-brainer. Yeah. Don't you think it's a no-brainer? Oh, I, I bet he's waiting for the call right now. AT&T has, this has to be their number one target. Yeah. Doesn't Jeff Johns have to be the number one guy they go to? Mm-hmm. Right? There's no way they're going after anyone else first, is there? Can't I, be. I, God, I hope not. Can't be. I hope of I hope of all the times to not be a dumb executive. Right. This is not the time. <laughs> right. Do you think Jeff Johns would kill off five G? I think. God, well, I mean, it's already in motion. I think he would. I think he would rework it. Mm-hmm. Maybe make the heroes of tomorrow something about a maybe a new, a new line, perhaps. Maybe a, it's set on a multiple Earth. He might could do that. I mean, um, so get a multiverse. I would, that's true. I think. I mean, I think that he he could rework that into oh, there's just these new characters, kind of like the new Age of Heroes, mm-hmm. or maybe he might make it something like that is a line that is set in the future. It's right. not the main line; mm-hmm. it's just another line, mm-hmm. and you could put that with the Legion of Superheroes mm-hmm. or something like that, and then just mm-hmm. package them away. And not and not worry about it right. messing up the main stuff. Right, right. Uh, it should be. I mean, look. I, do you think Jeff Johns, the man who brought back Hal Jordan and and Barry Allen, are going to be is going to be down with them being junked? No, ain't going to happen, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely not. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> not on Jeff Johns' watch. No. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it should be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Should be interesting. My money is on Jeff Johns. My uh, the smart money is on Jeff Johns, but we'll see. You yeah, never know. You never know. You never know. My God. All right. That's cra- <laughs> that was some crazy news, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was some crazy news. That's not a day I never thought would come. I know. I, I'm. Well, yeah. Once eventually he was going to leave, but I didn't think he would be fired. Correct. No. Once yeah. he, when he survived the ultimate failure of New Fifty Two yep. and the unveiling of Rebirth, when mm-hmm. he's in all of his mea culpas, when he survived that, yeah, I thought he was never leaving until he retired. Right. I really thought that. You know, mm-hmm. but boy, oh boy, wow! I wouldn't be surprised if somebody sounded the alarm. It 
Very possible. Yeah, and called somebody. It's like, v- you need to. Yeah, you need to do something about this. <laughs> you never know. I heard that. I've, I've, you've heard a lot of rumors that there's a hostile work environment. I've heard rumors about that. And yeah. I mean, may, that I he's kept some people out. Yeah, like and, Jeb Zdarsky. Right. So I don't know if that's. I don't know if that played a role. I mean, usually when you get bought by a giant company like AT and T, it's all mm-hmm. about the money. Right. I hate to say it, not of the people. It is. It's about yeah. the money. So. I tend to go with the money side of things. That's just me. Yeah. You know. All right, Stephen. Well, crazy times ahead, huh? Yes, indeed. All right, we may have another emergency podcast if they hire somebody. All right, Stephen. Until next time, viva la revolucion.